Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity podcast. Week 9 is in the books. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete. This podcast is brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by AJ Media. And, and Brian, man, it's been a week. It, it sure has. Uh, we have a lot of interesting results, uh, some that we forced, foresaw and some that we didn't. And uh, I'm glad to say that I am one that did. <laughs> oh, this again, he was doing this last <laughs> night on the, on the show. Uh, yes, Seminole went down to the Mustang Bowl, a very intimidating place to play against a team that hadn't lost this season, went to the state championship game last year, played well in the championship game, although they didn't get it done. And Seminole squeaks out a win in a, in a rematch of last year's Region 1 championship game at the 4A Division II level, a 28-27 win. Now, they kind of won on a technicality because um, the game went to overtime and Sweetwater which had the ball second, missed its PAT, and that's how the game ended, so literally sudden death. Uh, but Seminole did a lot of great things to get in that position because it was a hard game, and, and they trailed most of the way in this one. Yeah, they really fought back in this one, and if you kind of look at, or if you read up on the gamer that we have on LoneStarVarsity.com, you know, Ken Jackson says that the game was a great tribute to the district and the program, you know? But for a coach, you know, outside looking in, to just look at the district and say, yeah, this was a great testament to that, how difficult it is. And I think it is really one of the better districts. And I think this game proved that uh, we got some of the – some teams that really fight hard in this district. But uh, Seminole getting the win over Sweetwater, uh, huge. I yeah. think it's huge for them moving forward, especially by that one point and just staying in it in overtime. I think this uh, helps you get in the right mentality heading into the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that, that's the perfect simulation of a playoff game. And, and I think one thing you're missing uh, when you when you talk about what an awesome district, what, what Ken Jackson said about being in an awesome district is look how awesome we are because we're going to win the district championship. With the win, yeah. they claimed a share of the title. And if they beat Fort Stockton next week, they win the title. I think that Seminole's one game ahead of everyone else for, for whatever reason, and their season will end after week 10, and then they'll rest up and go to the playoffs. What I really like about uh, you know this win is because looking at it, when I made my decision to pick Seminole and everything, not to beat this horse over the head, but no, uh, I was looking back at last year's team when I saw them in the playoffs and everything that they had and everything they were bringing back. And then I kind of looked over the games that they've played so far, and uh, the team just kind of looks like it's fallen into form and they're playing at a high level. And uh, I thought coming into this one, you know, that the Indians just wanted it more and uh, were the right, or were in a good place as a team to do so. Yeah, I'd say that they're going to move up in the Lone Star top 10 rankings with this one. Oh, win. for sure. Yeah. So it, it's not as easy as it sounded. Uh, they were down 21 to 13 and, and trailed most of the way through this game. And they get a late touchdown, and they need the two-point conversion because I believe they scored under the two-minute mark. And guess who? Reese Moore, Mr. Texas Offensive Tackle Commit, who's a tight end on the high school level, comes up with a catch in the end zone to propel the Indians to overtime. I was kind of waiting for him to return to the box score because I think – I'm not sure to what capacity they've been using him in the past, but the team looked really run heavy, and seemed, they seemed to be uh, leaning on their run game heading into this one. But, uh, yeah, if you're going to go for it, go for it and use tried and true. Reese Moore was a huge wide receiver for him last year. Uh, he's proven that he can come down with the ball, and he's, he, he's just a competitive kid. And I think they made the right choice in going to him in this two-point conversion. And I believe that that extends Seminole's winning streak to eight. Uh, obviously, they came to Lowry Field at the beginning of the season and lost an overtime game to Lubbock High. 
So kind of full redemption on all fronts. They get uh, the bitter taste of their last overtime experience out of their mouth, and they beat a program that beat them twice in a five-week span last year on its way to a state championship appearance. Yep. Uh, this definitely is going to be beneficial for them moving forward. Like we said, they have Fort Stockton up next, but then you got to be thinking about the playoffs. And in the playoffs, you're going to see situations like they did today. Um, last year, you know, looking back at the, whenever they played Monahans, came down to, you know, last minute, and they were able to come away with it. So there's a lot of good things to be said about this game and uh, about Seminole, really, at this point in time. Another game we were really excited about was the the prospect of um, Lubbock Cooper upsetting Coronado, which which entered week nine unbeaten. And, uh, man, the Mustangs just kept on going. Uh, They are 8-0 now and 3-0 in competitive District 4, 5A. Uh, They hammered out a 51-22 win against Cooper. Cooper committed six turnovers in this game that'll that'll hurt you at the end of the day it's hard to come back from that especially when you're fumbling it away and throwing interceptions it's hard Uh, we knew coming in that whatever team was going to come out on top was going to have to be playing their best game only because uh, both teams uh, defensively seemed sound coming in but like we mentioned last night on the show um, they were without some of their key weapons and didn't really utilize one of them and uh, when that, when you know you're at a, you're down, and then bad things start happening, there's a bit of a snowball effect, and that just kind of works against you in the long run. It really did. I mean, this game ended or began with I think third down, Cooper's first possession. Coronado's already up seven to nothing, and um, Brendan Mel, who's a great quarterback, uh, just made a, a tough decision. He, he was getting pulled down for a sack by guess who, Miguel Garcia. And he decided instead of taking the sack, he was he was outside the tackle box and he was just going to throw the ball uh, out of bounds. But what he didn't see was an outside linebacker there. An outside linebacker crashed down, t- takes it 16 yards for a touchdown. It's now 14 nothing. Now you're kind of out of your game plan. Uh, I don't think that Cooper ever wanted to be in that position. Two possessions out, uh, and, and things just really snowballed. Uh, three interceptions thrown in, in the first half. Uh, they ultimately fumbled six times and, and lost three of them, and, and you just can't do that when your best players aren't available for a game and probably when you know that you're overmatched uh, when it comes to perimeter players. Yeah. Uh, like you said, snowballed. Uh, you don't want to be in that position. You don't want to be trailing by 14 early. You don't want to be trailing at all early. But when it does happen, uh, it's hard to come back from. And I think Cooper is still a team that, you know, somewhere down the line, or maybe even later this year, can look at this situation and take something positive away in it and that, you know, this is what we saw, this is what we need to fix, things like that. Um, it's it, it's, it's going to be rough for them moving forward, but at the same time, there's a lot to take away. Yeah, I think Coronado right now is, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but I think this is the first time uh, Coronado has gone 8-0 in school history so we might need to look into that a little yeah, bit but. yeah it's definitely it's definitely been a long time since they were even an eight win team i guess they got they got that done with with uh i guess they got that done in the regular season last year but before that it it had been since austin zuzalik guided this team and i think that was his senior year was 2007 so it's it's been a long time and there there have been some uh sad years uh in the interim time and they're rocking and rolling and you there are some young you know players still there like blair conright is 
doing awesome things. Three touchdowns tonight. He's going to return next year. Sawyer Roberson is supposed to be like the next big thing uh, as he's the backup as a, as a freshman quarterback right now. Probably can't even drive. And <laughs> it's, it's an exciting time to be a Mustang. And for people that held out with this program, uh, it, I mean, the, the payoff here has to be sweet. I think so. I think the fans are excited right now. And I think that helps uh, get the players excited to come out every week and keep doing this. They want to keep building on a legacy. They want to go into the playoffs, win that district title, and just do good things. And I I think they're at a point where they can right now. Now, there are some good things for Cooper. One, there is this – it's it's Coronado at the top. Then Monterey and Abilene Cooper have identical 2 and one records. Uh, Then you've got – Cooper and Lubbock High, which both have one and two records. If they both lose out, which I don't think is possible because Cooper has uh, its game against Lakeview still to come. But if they did lose out, Cooper has the tiebreaker against Lubbock High for for the head-to-head win two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, there's still playoffs, you know, to look forward to. You put this uh, lost in the back of your head and you move forward and you bring some players back uh, who are healthy you know jake kirkpatrick uh, reportedly is is not far away from from being able to return to this lineup uh zy keith campbell played uh not at a high level Uh, i don't think they even targeted him during the game but he was available and that's always positive yeah uh kind of moving forward here this is a game that we didn't talk about on the show but i think still needs to get some attention estacado pampa it was a good game. It really was. 27-10, to 10, I believe. 21-10. to 21-10. to 10. But that's, at one that's point, right. yeah. this game was uh, a one – or I think it might have been 14-10. Like, this was a close game at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, Pampa is a really good football team. Uh, and, and you know what? That probably was for the district championship. It's such a small district as yeah. to count as 2-0. So with that, they definitely claim to share the district championship with one more game. I think all they have left is Borger now. Right, and, and Borger, I think, is probably the, the worst team in the league uh, on paper. Yeah, uh, it, definitely. They uh, they got a share of the district title and the number one playoff seed, I believe, um, moving forward. So good things for the Estacado uh, program right now obviously you know uh, they've been playing well or exceptionally over the last couple of weeks but I think this one really just uh, it, it shows what they're able to do and where they're at right now they're at one, eight and one overall and then uh, two and oh in district and yeah I mean they rushed for 403 total yards in the win uh, we had mentioned that they might need to get their pass game going. Yeah, that, that, right that, now, but. that was that was a blemish on on the win. I think I think five for twenty for thirty nine yards. They they've got to they've got to get that ready to go uh, because there's some really good teams uh, waiting for them in the region one playoffs, which all the teams in in Estacado's district automatically advance to the playoffs since it's only a four team league. I agree, but in this one, whenever you're able to pound out the ball, I mean, why not stick with it? Now is maybe they they will need it moving forward, but in this one they've certainly proved that they they're here to be physical. Absolutely, and, and defense. I mean, you, I mean, we got to speak about the defensive performance, holding Pampa to ten points. Uh, you know, they had a quarterback over two thousand yards in this game. They had uh, a receiver at eight hundred yards entering the game, and, and another one at four hundred. So they were complicated to defend through the air, and Estacado did just fine in that regard, holding them to ten points. When I look at uh, the box score here a little bit, Jeremiah Dobbins, 74-yard run to put Estacado up early. Uh, 
Pampa turns around, and Brandon Stewart, quarterback we, we all knew coming in, completes a 14-yard pass to Caleb Caldwell to tie it up. You're sitting at 7-7. Seven and seven. Pampa comes out and gets the lead over you, 10-7, 40-yard field goal. Now, at this point, you know, you're trailing. You, you want to get the lead again, and uh, Estacado was unfazed by, you know, fa- falling behind. Bo Sims comes out, gets the 21-yard rushing touchdown, and after that, it, it's Estacado's game. Jeremiah Dobbins shows up again in the fourth quarter to help extend that lead and help him win this game. Estacado extended its win streak to eight games with that one, with one regular season game remaining. Now, let's transition to, to one final game. It was your game, uh, New Deal in Hale Center, and we were excited about the prospects of this one, a desperate Owls team going to visit an unbeaten Lions team, and, and uh, New Deal comes out on top of this one, 41-10. Yeah, New Deal is being very physical. That's one thing that I took away from seeing them play is that they are a physical team. Um, maybe beforehand we might have thought that they were just a team that was going to come out and outscore you, but now that I've seen them, I know that they can play some defense. And, I mean, they had a really good game. It's just New Deal jumped on them early, and uh, it was hard to come back after that. But that was the goal. I've been talking to Coach Matt Hill. Is the last couple of weeks, they're coming out slow. They, they've been able to get their wins, but this is a fast-paced team that likes to, likes to play up-tempo, and he wanted to see that. And against Hell Center, he saw that. Every time Namia, or Namaya, rather, Martinez touched the ball, he was – He's, he's a really good talent, and he's just a sophomore for that team. So they're going to have some weapons with uh, also Jet Whitfield. Whitfield is just a junior, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so this team's going to be dangerous in the years to, or next two years to come. But first of all, Martinez goes 66 yards, very first play of the game. Um, we, I don't know what to expect out of this New Deal team. It's been a while since I've seen them in person. I've seen Hell Center. I know their identity. They come out. They're uh, stalled by – two back-to-back uh, false starts, have to punt the ball away, and I'm thinking, okay, let's see how New Deal responds. Very first play, Martinez breaks 66-yard touchdown run, and you kind of get that thought in the back of your mind, like, uh-oh, this might get <laughs> this might get bad real quick, and it did. Uh, Martinez, again, comes up huge for him, 39-yard touchdown run, and then Jet Whitfield completes a 17-yard pass to uh, Brandon Coronado, and next thing you know, Hell Center's in a 21-point hole in the first quarter. So that kind of – with that and also losing their starting running back, Jesse Hinojosa, I think they were forced into doing some things that they're not entirely used to. You know, uh, they took away um, Brandon Castile's pass game. Um, they had to rely largely on the run uh, to try to get the ball down the field, and New Deal was just stuffing them. They weren't able to pick up much. Uh, they constantly had to keep punting the ball away. Turnovers hurt you, like we had mentioned. And after that, it was just difficult. It was all kind of a downhill trickle for them, too. But New Deal was able to come out in the second quarter, get two more touchdowns, and after that, they pulled their starters. And uh, there's probably a good reason for that because they got another unbeaten team or they have to face the other unbeaten team in this district next week. Yeah, Abernathy. And that's going to be – Obviously, not only for the district championship, it's going to give these two teams a, a great taste of the, the playoffs uh, or a playoff atmosphere, and, and don't be surprised if they circle back to play each other. Uh, I don't think that they're 
two better teams than these two teams right now, especially um, how Post has kind of dropped off with, without Michael Ferguson, which which is a very sad story. You know, he just has a complicated knee injury and uh, isn't going to be available, and Post is trying to find its way right now without him. Yeah. Um, we may have to flip a coin to see who gets Abernathy New Deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's definitely a game to get out to. Well, uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but Hale Center's remaining schedule is Olton and Abernathy, right? I believe so, yeah. yes. And Hale Center has to win both those games to, to make the playoffs now. It's going to be tough. It's a tough road from here on. You don't want to be sitting at this point at this time of the year, but it's what it is. Um, I guess just go out and get healthy for Hale Center. Uh, bring back Jesse Hinojosa, and uh, they were also missing Je- uh, Jet Cannon. He was injured as well, so maybe go out there, for, get you know, back to what y'all were doing at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. They got you to five and two, and uh, hope for the best in these last two weeks. But just next next week in itself is going to be great. I mean, it, these two teams are practically down the street from each other. When you're in the press box at New Deal, you're talking about Abernathy when you're at Abernathy you're talking about New Deal I don't know how many times I heard the name Bryson Daly tonight you can you can almost see the lights between the two stadiums they're not very yeah. far away from each other yeah it's gonna next be a great neighbors game. yeah uh well we'll real briefly uh we'll just go over some of the other scores that that stood out um you know Monterey uh, they ended up with a, a large uh sized win against uh Lakeview but that was a, a tighter game than I think we expected it took a long time for Monterey to pull away in this one uh what with the final 62 21 62 to 21 um I don't know all the details of the game obviously because we weren't able to make it out but uh San Andrew Lakeview was able to score 21 points on them but then again Monterey was 62 right. I think in games like this uh they just let Lakeview uh hold on to the ball a little bit too long I think maybe scoring a little fast or whatever, but there's nothing wrong with this score or what they were able to do. They still got the win at the end of the day, and that's what you want. I do. Uh, I do. Got a good win in in two three A Division two. Yeah, Mark Caballero and Salvador Costa combined for five touchdowns, and they shut out Roosevelt. Uh, this gets their first win in district, so maybe this can create some momentum for them moving forward because they have been struggling uh, for the last two weeks. Uh, I thought a really good one, and this is one that, uh, you know, I, I wish maybe we can get out again to see this team, but Shallow Water. I think they're really good. I think they're going to have a really good playoff push, and they end up getting a 63-7 over Amarillo River Road. Now, granted, River Road might not be the best team, but offensively to put up numbers like that, it's just that more telling for you moving forward. Totally agree with you. Shallow water, uh, real deal, heading off into the playoffs. Yeah. H- Hayden Vanderos, Braxton Hirado, Cutter Sparks, all these names, I've, they're familiar from over the last two years, and they're just really hot right now. Shallow water's 7-1 and 3-0 and in district. I never could have predicted them sitting at a 7-1 record right now. I didn't think they were going to be bad. I just, it, from what happened last year, transitioning into this year, uh, you expect maybe a 5-5 five and five record and getting the program back on its feet and things like that. But, no, Brian Wood comes in and the Mustangs are on fire. Absolutely. Then just let's find one more game and we'll call it a day. Okay. Um, I think another good win was Seagraves over Roscoe. Yes. That's one I think that we had to 
or could have gone either ways maybe, but Joseph Guerrero, who's a, a player that I'm familiar with from last year, he had three touchdowns, and Tanner Sisms caught uh, two of his passes, I believe, for touchdowns, and Seagraves was able to get away with – or not get away with, get a good win over a good team. They improved to 5-3 and three and then 2-1 and one in district. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always funny because the, the Eagles never really, like, just break the door down in a district, and, and oftentimes – they don't even win their district, yet they go to the regionals every year. Yeah, it's crazy. There's something about these this team that uh, they're very much a playoff team. Um, I guess it's that thought that if you lose, you're done. And <laughs> Just burning in the back of their heads where they're like, okay, I don't want to finish this season. But in district, they're like, okay, let's make the playoffs and then worry about it then. <laughs> And that might not be their mentality at all, but that's kind of how I, I see it. Where it's they're just, just, it's a, just that time of the season, baby. They, they, yeah. they're, they're turning it on. Yep. And it's, uh, I, I think they're going to make another good push this year. And with all that said, uh, we hope you have a great weekend or remainder of the weekend. It's already getting pretty late. But um, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. want to thank the University Medical Center uh, for everything they provide us with. want to thank the guys at AJ Media for putting this out for us. And we will talk to you again very soon in week 10.